Hello and welcome to a Tuesday afternoon edition of Bill Allen's Facebook Studies. We're going through the wonderful devotional book by Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest, a daily devotional guide. And uh, we've been working through that on Tuesdays. On Thursdays, we're going through a book on the Psalms, a daily devotional book. And so we'll get to that on Thursday. But today is one of those days where I'm looking at a few days of reading from Oswald Chambers and as somebody that you don't completely agree with all the time. I think that's the only way that we test our own understanding and that we uh, consider different perspectives and actually grow. And Oswald Chambers is kind of that for me. I'm able to be challenged by him and to think through some things. All of that to say, I, I think that today's lesson uh, will probably give you some, some things to ponder and to think about. So uh, hello to my good friend Cindy and Eric Mosley. Glad you're joining in. Some others will join in along the way. Uh, but I do want us to consider this question of, of disillusionment and being disillusioned. Uh, that, that's a that's a bad thing. I know. I get it. That's something that we don't like, that we don't want. We don't, we, we don't like it when uh, we become disillusioned because someone or something has disappointed us. Um, but there's also that uh, question of, well, can it can it be a, a good thing sometimes? And, and as I read through this lesson, there were some things that I questioned, but it, but I also kind of got back to that whole question of expectations also. Um, Chambers quotes a passage from John chapter 2, Jesus did not commit himself to them, to the people, because he knew what was in a man. Well, I think that's healthy. Obviously, if Jesus did it, then it's healthy. Um, but Jesus understood. He had fair and realistic expectations about people. And so he realized that he committed himself wholly to the Father and to doing the Father's will. But he also accepted the humanity of his disciples and of others around him. And I think that's a good thing. I finished a, a couple of weeks ago a series of lessons on Job. And, you know, Job considered himself a prince. He mentions towards the end of his speeches, like a prince, I would approach him and I would put my, where the indictment that God has on me, apparently, like a crown. Um, Job's friends called him a worm, and I think Bildad called him a worm. And when God comes on the scene, he says, prepare yourself like a man. God saw Job as a human being, no more, no less, no better, no worse than anybody else. And so before God began speaking to him, he said, prepare yourself as a human being, prepare yourself as a man, and I will question you and you will answer me, which of course Job couldn't do. But ultimately, Job came around and repented and had a stronger faith and trust in the Lord and understanding, I think, of the will of God more so than even before. And so he, he recognized that he alone, he, he himself was a human being and, and that was it. And I do think that it's good to have high expectations, to have high hopes, to do all of those things. I think that's, I think that's good. Uh, but I also think that there are times where uh, that can get us into trouble. Uh, listen to some of the comments from Oswald Chambers and see if you, uh, he says it much better than I would do. Uh, disillusionment means having no more misconceptions, false impressions, and false judgments in life. It means being free from these deceptions. 
So the fact that we are disillusioned, he's saying, is basically saying that uh, we, we didn't quite understand how things really were. We were deceived. Uh, getting past uh, that means that we, we don't experience that anymore. And then he says this, though no longer deceived, our experience of disillusionment may actually leave us cynical and overly critical in our judgment of others. In other words, when we are disappointed and disillusioned, we become cynical and we think less of others. And then he goes on, but the disillusionment that comes from God, have you ever thought of disillusionment coming from God? But the disillusionment that comes from God brings us to the point where we see people as they really are, yet without any cynicism or any stinging and bitter criticism. Do you think that's something you could do to see people as they really are and, and not use that as an excuse to be cynical, to be negative, to feel uh, judgmental towards them? I think that's what Chambers is saying there, and on that part, I agree with him. And then he makes this kind of interesting statement. We suffer from illusions. <laughs> wow, that's, a, that's a, a, a captivating statement to me. We suffer from illusions. I'll go on with him. We are not true to one another as facts, seeing each other as we really are. We are only true to our misconceived ideas. Of one another. According to our thinking, everything is either delightful and good or it is evil, malicious, and cowardly. That's the illusion that we're under. And so he says we suffer from illusions, and I think there is some truth to that. Uh, whatever it might be, some say it's, it's someone who is um, uh, unreasonably optimistic and unrealistic, and uh, they're in rose-colored glasses. Uh, you know, we, we hear them uh, being criticized because of that, and perhaps in some cases, maybe rightly so, if they're not in touch with reality. And, that's, and I think that's unfortunate. But the question is, can you have that sense of reality, but at the same time still hold on to that optimism? Still hold on to that trust in God that with God all things are possible. With, with God, he can work through people and in people to accomplish his will no matter what. Uh, hopefully, we won't lose that as we become uh, less and less a victim of our own illusions and become disillusioned in a positive way to where we have a more realistic, more human perspective and opinion of people. Chambers writes, if we love someone but do not love God, we demand total perfection and righteousness from that person. And when we don't get it, we become cruel and vindictive, yet we are demanding of a human being something which he or she cannot possibly give. And that's true. We're under the illusion that they're superhuman, <laughs> that they're never going to fail, that they're never going to do wrong. And again, we want to hold on to our optimism and even hold on to a high standard. We want to expect good things from people. That's okay. But let's not allow ourselves to be under the illusion that they're going to react perfectly every time. Nor should we be under the illusion that we ourselves will do so. 
We were talking today in our staff meeting, Donnie Cook, our wonderful children's minister. She's the former uh, Chapel Hill ISD superintendent. Uh, a few years back, she uh, retired from that job and we snatched her right up. But she, this month, has our devotional thoughts and she was talking about uh, anger. And we understand that anger is an emotion and it's a feeling. And so that means sometimes you can't really control whether you get angry or not, but you can control how you respond and how you react. And if your anger is misplaced, then you repent and you seek forgiveness and you move on and go forward. And I think sometimes those that uh, illusion that we're under can cause us to be angry in an unhealthy way at someone that uh, really all they are is human. And the same can be true of ourselves. We can be angry at ourselves uh, because we are under the illusion that we'll never fail, that we'll always be perfect, that that everything will, you know, always be done in exactly the right ways, and that's and that's just not true. We spoke of the last couple of weeks in our Sunday morning Bible classes from First John, and First John one seven is that great passage. If we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, purifies us from all of our sins. Well, what exactly does walking in the light mean? Well, if we're under the illusion that somehow or another, after we're baptized, we walk in the light and that means we never sin, that's false. That's not even biblical. And that's, uh, and that's an illusion. And the issue that Chambers brings up in this reading is this. When we realize that that's not true, then we become disillusioned and that can be done in an unhealthy way and lead us uh, to being cynical and uh, becoming angry in an unhealthy way and not dealing with that in the right way. I think it's better for us to say, well, you know, it's good to have appropriate, fair expectations. In a marriage, as, you're, as I'm doing premarital counseling with Prepare and Rich Material, that's one of the things we cover is expectations. What do you expect of each other? And are they fair? Are they realistic? Uh, are they high? Sure but not so high that they're impossible, that we're under the illusion that someone could actually be that <laughs> and do that and live that way perfectly every day because that person does not exist. There was only one who was that way, and that was Jesus Christ, as you know. Um, got Jesus, when he lived, he didn't commit himself totally to people. He was all in, and you can see that on the cross for us to be our sacrifice. But his trust was ultimately in, in God because he knew, he knew that humans um, would fail at times. And so he had high expectations and hopes for his disciples, but he also knew that they would all leave him, and they did. And he knew that Peter would deny him, and he told him so, and he did. But when Peter was told that Jesus also said in Luke's account in chapter 22 that when you come back I want you to strengthen your brothers. Well that's more of a realistic expectation and perspective that Jesus had. He knew Peter would fail but he also knew that he would come back and that's what our Lord knows about us. Um, 
That's the kind of grace and trust that Jesus had, and that's what we are to have as well. Uh, we're called upon to do that, and that means sometimes having to, having to wait um, for a person to mature, having to wait for the Lord to work his will out in us or in someone else. And Chambers makes this great point. He says, don't wait sulking spiritually and feeling sorry for yourself just because you can't see one inch in front of you. Scripture says, wait patiently for the Lord. The psalmist says that in Psalm 37. Waiting is not sitting with folded hands doing nothing, but it is learning to do what we are told. Well, I think if we're under the illusion that God is always going to answer our prayers with a yes, that people are always going to be what we want them to be, that we ourselves are never going to fail, we're setting ourselves up for a major difficulty and very hard times to get through. And when that disillusionment comes because of those unrealistic illusions, um, then we become in great danger of losing our trust and hope in God, um, losing our trust and hope in others, becoming very, very cynical to the point to where we kind of give up on the dreams of ever having the positive relationship with God through Jesus Christ that we can have, the positive relationship with others when we have realistic expectations about each other and about ourselves. We won't face that kind of disillusionment. If our illusion is of perfection, then I think God will work in our lives to bring about some sense of disillusionment, to move us from that unrealistic, unfair, uh, impossible expectation to one that is better. He does that sometimes through adversity. He does that through difficulties. And we go back to that promise of Jesus in John 16, verse 33. I've told you these things so that in me, in him, in Christ, we might have peace. In the world, Jesus said, you'll have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. We will have trouble in this world. And sometimes that trouble can help us ground ourselves and our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. Uh, we sing a song sometimes in Christ alone. And I think that's a great song. And it's a reminder for us today that um, let's not allow ourselves to be found having the illusion of perfection in ourselves or in others. Yes, let's have high goals and high standards. Um, one of the amazing things about reading through the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 through 7, to me anyway, is that there's nowhere in there where you get the idea that Jesus doesn't expect us to live that way. And yet we know that, that um, we'll fail, but we continue on that path and we continue to grow hopefully our throughout our lives we'll see a greater maturity a greater trust in Christ a greater sense of obedience but let us not be under the illusion that we'll be perfect let us not be under the illusion that others will be perfect but let us look to God who recognized and acknowledged our own sinfulness 
and yet held on to his desire to be in relationship with us. Um, that's the kind of, of hope and expectation and blessing and trust and joy that we can all have through Jesus Christ, the perfect Lord. I look forward to seeing you on Thursday as we speak from the Psalms. God bless.